the village bully by joseph sheridan lafanu this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by phil schempf the village bully by joseph sheridan lafanu about thirty years ago there lived in the town of chapelizade an ill-conditioned fellow of herculean strength well known throughout the neighbourhood by the title of bully larkin in addition to his remarkable physical superiority this fellow had acquired a degree of skill as a pugilist which alone would have made him formidable as it was he was the autocrat of the village and carried not the sceptre in vain conscious of his superiority and perfectly secure of impunity he lorded it over his fellows in a spirit of cowardly and brutal insolence which made him hated even more profoundly than he was feared upon more than one occasion he had deliberately forced quarrels upon men whom he had singled out for the exhibition of his savage prowess and in every encounter his overmatched antagonist had received an amount of punishment which edified and appalled the spectators and in some instances left ineffaceable scars and lasting injuries after it bully larkin's pluck had never been fairly tried for owing to his prodigious superiority in weight strength and skill his victories had always been certain and easy and in proportion to the facility with which he uniformly smashed an antagonist his pugnacity and insolence were inflamed he thus became an odious nuisance in the neighbourhood and the terror of every mother who had a son and of every wife who had a husband who possessed a spirit to resent insult or the smallest confidence in his own pugilistic capabilities now it happened that there was a young fellow named ned moran better known by the sobriquet of long ned from his slender lathy proportions at that time living in the town he was in truth a mere lad nineteen years of age and fully twelve years younger than the stalwart bully this however as the reader will see secured for him no exemption from the dastardly provocations of the ill-conditioned pugilist long ned in an evil hour had thrown eyes of affection upon a certain buxom damsel who notwithstanding bully larkin's amorous rivalry inclined to reciprocate them i need not say how easily the spark of jealousy once kindled is blown into a flame and how naturally in a coarse and ungoverned nature it explodes in acts of violence and outrage the bully watched his opportunity and contrived to provoke ned moran while drinking in a public-house with a party of friends into an altercation in the course of which he failed not to put such insults upon his rival as manhood could not tolerate long ned though a simple good-natured sort of fellow was by no means deficient in spirit and retorted in a tone of defiance which edified the more timid and gave his opponent the opportunity he secretly coveted bully larkin challenged the heroic youth whose pretty face he had privately consigned to the mangling and bloody discipline he was himself so capable of administering the quarrel which he had himself contrived to get up 
to a certain degree covered the ill blood and malignant premeditation which inspired his proceedings and long ned being full of generous ire and whisky punch accepted the gage of battle on the instant the whole party accompanied by a mob of idle men and boys and in short by all who could snatch a moment from the calls of business proceeded in slow procession through the old gate into the phoenix park and mounting the hill overlooking the town selected near its summit a level spot on which to decide the quarrel the combatants stripped and a child might have seen in the contrast presented by the slight lank form and limbs of the lad and the muscular and massive build of his veteran antagonist how desperate was the chance of poor ned moran seconds and bottle holders selected of course for their love of the game were appointed and the fight commenced i will not shock my readers with a description of the cool-blooded butchery that followed the result of the combat was what anybody might have predicted at the eleventh round poor ned refused to give in the brawny pugilist unhurt in good wind and pale with concentrated and as yet unslaked revenge had the gratification of seeing his opponent seated upon his second's knee unable to hold up his head his left arm disabled his face a bloody swollen and shapeless mass his breast scarred and bloody and his whole body panting and quivering with rage and exhaustion give in ned my boy cried more than one of the bystanders never never he shrieked with a voice hoarse and choking time being up his second placed him on his feet again blinded with his own blood panting and staggering he presented but a helpless mark for the blows of his stalwart opponent it was plain that a touch would have been sufficient to throw him to the earth but larkin had no notion of letting him off so easily he closed with him without striking a blow the effect of which prematurely dealt would have been to bring him at once to the ground and so put an end to the combat and getting his battered and almost senseless head under his arm fast in that peculiar fix known to the fancy pleasantly by the name of chancery he held him firmly while with monotonous and brutal strokes he beat his fist as it seemed almost into his face a cry of shame broke out from the crowd for it was plain that the beaten man was now insensible and supported only by the herculean arm of the bully the round and the fight ended by his hurling him upon the ground falling upon him at the same time with his knee upon his chest the bully rose wiping the perspiration from his white face with his blood-stained hands but ned laid stretched and motionless upon the grass it was impossible to get him upon his legs for another round so he was carried down just as he was to the pond which then lay close to the old park gate and his head and body were washed beside it contrary to the belief of all he was not dead he was carried home and after some months to a certain extent recovered but he never held up his head again and before the year was over he had died of consumption nobody could doubt how the disease had been induced but there was no actual proof to connect the cause and effect and the ruffian larkin escaped the vengeance of the law a strange retribution however awaited him after the death of long ned he became less quarrelsome than before 
but more sullen and reserved some said he took it to heart and others that his conscience was not at ease about it be this as it may however his health did not suffer by reason of his presumed agitations nor was his worldly prosperity marred by the blasting curses with which poor moran's enraged mother pursued him on the contrary he had rather risen in the world and obtained regular and well remunerated employment from the chief secretary's gardener at the other side of the park he still lived in chapelizade whither on the close of his day's work he used to return across the fifteen acres it was about three years after the catastrophe we have mentioned and late in the autumn when one night contrary to his habit he did not appear at the house where he lodged neither had he been seen anywhere during the evening in the village his hours of return had been so very regular that his absence excited considerable surprise though of course no actual alarm and at the usual hour the house was closed for the night and the absent lodger consigned to the mercy of the elements and the care of his presiding star early in the morning however he was found lying in a state of utter helplessness upon the slope immediately overlooking the chapelizade gate he had been smitten with a paralytic stroke his right side was dead and it was many weeks before he had recovered his speech sufficiently to make himself at all understood he then made the following relation he had been detained it appeared later than usual and darkness had closed before he commenced his homeward walk across the park it was a moonlit night but masses of ragged clouds were slowly drifting across the heavens he had not encountered a human figure and no sounds but the softened rush of the wind sweeping through bushes and hollows met his ear these wild and monotonous sounds and the utter solitude which surrounded him did not however excite any of those uneasy sensations which are ascribed to superstition although he said he did feel depressed or in his own phraseology lonesome just as he crossed the brow of the hill which shelters the town of chapelizade the moon shone out for some moments with unclouded lustre and his eye which happened to wander by the shadowy enclosures which lay at the foot of the slope was arrested by the sight of a human figure climbing with all the haste of one pursued over the churchyard wall and running up the steep ascent directly towards him stories of resurrectionists crossed his recollection as he observed this suspicious-looking figure but he began momentarily to be aware with a sort of fearful instinct which he could not explain that the running figure was directing his steps with a sinister purpose towards himself the form was that of a man with a loose coat about him which as he ran he disengaged and as well as larkin could see for the moon was again wading in clouds threw from him the figure thus advanced until within some two score yards of him it arrested its speed and approached with a loose swaggering gait the moon again shone out bright and clear and gracious god what was the spectacle before him he saw as distinctly as if he had been presented there in the flesh ned moran himself stripped naked from the waist upward as if for pugilistic combat and drawing towards him in silence larkin would have shouted prayed cursed fled across the park 
but he was absolutely powerless the apparition stopped within a few steps and leered on him with a ghastly mimicry of the defiant stare with which pugilists strive to cow one another before combat for a time which he could not so much as conjecture he was held in the fascination of that unearthly gaze and at the last thing whatever it was on a sudden swaggered close up to him with extended palms with an impulse of horror larkin put out his hand to keep the figure off and their palms touched at least so he believed for a thrill of unspeakable agony running through his arm pervaded his entire frame and he fell senseless to the earth though larkin lived for many years after his punishment was terrible he was incurably maimed and being unable to work he was forced for existence to beg alms of those who had once feared and flattered him he suffered too increasingly under his own horrible interpretation of the preternatural encounter which was the beginning of all his miseries it was vain to endeavour to shake his faith in the reality of the apparition and equally vain as some compassionately did to try to persuade him that the greeting with which his vision closed was intended while inflicting a temporary trial to signify a compensating reconciliation no no he used to say all won't do i know the meaning of it well enough it is a challenge to meet him in the other world in hell where i'm going that's what it means and nothing else and so miserable and refusing comfort he lived on for some years and then died and was buried in the same narrow churchyard which contains the remains of his victim i need hardly say how absolute was the faith of the honest inhabitants at the time when i heard the story in the reality of the preternatural summons which through the portals of terror sickness and misery had summoned bully larkin to his long last home and that too upon the very ground on which he had signalized the guiltiest triumph of his violent and vindictive career end of the village bully